Hello, everybody. My name is Kenton DeYoung, and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Dylan Furman. Hi. And this is Unsolved Canadian Mysteries. So, Dylan, how you been? Kenton, I have been swell for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I've been good, Kenton. How have you been? It's, I've been all right. It's summertime now. The, the weather is um, nice now. Yeah. S- stormy. No, yes, yes. And not... Uh, it's actually been kind of wet, but recently not it actually fits our story tonight very well the weather wet um or just just the weather the weather electric okay oh someone getting struck by lightning well we'll see we'll call see. it we'll see and it was aliens <laughs> what did we talk about last time like i know we did one for patreon yes uh which was the uh the demon which yeah. was very cool check that one out yes. that's like awesome yeah the dag demon one yeah we've been sharing that on our uh, tiktok and instagram and youtube and over the place but what was the last free one we did the disappearance of nick and lisa massey that's right right yeah which is a good one as well yes yeah and this one is a free one for everyone yep free f for free yes so thank you for checking us out thank you for listening but also check us out on patreon too if you want to support the channel so are you ready for tonight's episode i am ready yep (laughs) all right i had a voice crack there wow (laughs) yeah i'm ready cannon We'll give a little bit of background first. We'll talk about, we'll lead up to it. We'll talk about the area and then we'll talk about what happened on the ground level. Okay. So there's a couple different sides to the story. So we'll start off. In 1963, the United States put out a variety of satellites called the Vela satellites. And their purpose was to monitor the earth for nuclear detonations. Just going into the into the Cold War. Ah. They wanted to see what Russia was doing. I was literally just going to ask, when was this? <laughs> yeah, sorry, what the USSR was doing. Yeah. In, in uh, 1963, they put them out there. They had about 12 of these total circling the planet, watching for things. Okay. In 1977, so a few a few years later, uh, they started picking up a lot of noise along the eastern seaboard of the United States and Canada. And on the ground level and surface level, people were reporting these anomalies too. Uh, they were calling them skyquakes. Have you ever heard of a skyquake? No. That sounds like something Marvel would come up with. Yes. It, it sounds like a, a video game, kind of. I think maybe I'm thinking quake. Skyquake. <laughs> so they had these skyquakes occurring up in, in the atmosphere. And to this day, this isn't the mystery we're talking about, but to this day, we don't know what causes skyquakes. Uh, but what they are is like some kind of boom or noise coming out of the sky. Think of it like thunder, but higher up and with doesn't have to be clouds involved. Huh. So the idea here is that, because they, they brought in like uh, professors from Los Alamos to investigate, they brought in a whole bunch of people from the Department of Defense to investigate, and they think what was causing it was the Concorde aircraft was going double the, the speed of sound, and was causing a... A double sonic boom. Yeah, and that was ricocheting off like the atmosphere and causing this, this skyquake. So they, there was, a, in this area, there was about 600 skyquakes in the course of about six months. They said, okay, well, we'll look into this. And they determined that of the 600 skyquakes, 200 of them could be attributed to the Concorde aircraft. Hmm. Uh, One third, right? So they decided, okay, we'll tell the Concorde not to fly at certain altitudes, not to fly here or there. But other skyquakes had occurred when the Concorde wasn't even around. So could have been like an echo, you know, like maybe it happened and then it came back around later. They don't, they don't know. I'm smelling aliens, Kenton. I'm smelling some aliens coming on. Well, you know, I'm not going to dismiss aliens this time, but uh, we'll get to it. We'll get to some <laughs> possibilities at the end. So they tell the Concorde, hey, why don't you fly somewhere else for a bit and we see what's going on. And it's quiet for a few weeks. Then on April 2nd, 1978, the satellites picked up another anomaly. 
this one was a light anomaly larger than the explosion of Hiroshima. That's large. Big. This light anomaly released so much energy, they believed it could have powered the city of Montreal for six hours. Now, <laughs> like, that's a lot now. I think a little bit less back then, because Montreal's bigger now. Yeah, it's always going to grow. So maybe three hours now was just for population increase. I wonder how much. That would be interesting to see, because it might actually even be more than double, just because of how much, uh, like, things we have around the house like imagine how many electronics people had back then that's true right and the electric cars you know yeah but also things are more energy efficient now so that would be a good question whatever caused this explosion i it was the size of about a 10 megaton bomb exploding the satellites kind of pinpointed where it came from and it came from a very surprising place a farm in bell island newfoundland labrador well, this anomaly we're going to talk about tonight is the infamous Bell Island Boom. Of course, they both have bees. <laughs> the Bell Island Boom. Yeah, that'll be fun on the mic. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Okay. When these skyquakes were occurring along the seaboard, uh, they were also accompanied by ball lightning. Now, ball lightning is another anomaly that they don't really have an answer for. Skyquakes, they kind of think they know what caused it, but, but ball lightning, they just don't know. And there's been lots of reports of ball lightning through the years where, I suppose, like a streak, it's a, a floating sphere of lightning. Plasma. That's probably what, the, what it is. Yeah, something causing a burst of plasma. <laughs> uh, so oftentimes when they heard these booms, there was the spot of this ball lightning as well. And when this occurred, this, this lightning occurred in Bell Island, uh, there was the boom, there was the skyquake, and there was ball lightning. But there was something else, and we'll talk about that in a moment. So, we'll talk about what Bell Island is, for pe- or people who don't know. So, Bell Island is this really small island off the coast of Newfoundland Labrador. Um, it was kind of made famous because of the iron ore that they, they, that they mine out of the island. Mm-hmm. And it's such a good quality ore that uh, in the early 1900s, their largest exporter, foreign exporter, was Germany. And at the time, they were British, right? They weren't Canadian until after the Second World War. So you think it would be Canada or Britain or something like that. But no, their largest exporter was Germany. Hmm. They were buying all of their iron ore. Two world wars and depression, right? In the Second World War, uh, Nazi Germany knew that this Bell Island had a lot of material that the Allies could use to fight them with. So they actually sent uh, ships, I think it was submarines, to attack Bell Island and destroy the ports. Hmm. So there's markers there from where they blew up some of the ports along the Bell Island shore. Which is kind of cool because you don't think about Nazi Germany attacking Canada. Of course, it wasn't Canada yet. It was uh, Britain, but, I mean, it's Canada now. So it's kind of cool to think about. Um, So, uh, because of all the mining on Bell Island, a lot of people from different cultures went there and mixed and shared their legends, right? So there's a couple of cool legends about Bell Island. Uh, One of them is the Bell Island Hag. Hag. I think it was Bog Hag, or it's a woman who apparently lives in the bog. Oh, a hag. Okay. <laughs> and uh, when men approach her to maybe offer her assistance, so they go, "Where are you going at night?" She becomes an animal and chases them and attacks them, and I'm assuming drags them into the bog. Cool. <laughs> okay. Why are we not talking about this? Well, we could, but so there's a few <laughs> things going on in this island. There's also um, this island's got all the stories. Yes. Newfoundland and Labrador also have a project called Munfla. And Munfla records 
all of the fairy encounters on the island. So Bellaland has an instance where someone was abducted by fairies. So you got everything on this island. Yeah. And this island is actually supposedly the most haunted island in Canada. Hmm. So, whoa, what's going on here? Whoa, how do we get to that island? <laughs> I, I was thinking, we got to go there for That's a, cool. a podcast. Yeah. So, April 2nd, 1978, there's a massive electronic electricity explosion over this island. Um, they're thinking it was drawn to the island because of the ore. And I'm thinking the ore causes magnetic effects, which is what causes these hauntings or specters or fairies or whatever. So I think the ore is the underlying root cause to this, but it's not what happened, right? Something else happened, but it's why it happened here. So James Beckford was living at the farm at the time of the Bell Island boom. Okay. And this electrical storm struck the area. And he says that the uh, his television set blew up as he's watching TV. And that blue flames shot out of the electrical outlets on the walls. And the power box, the uh, fuses, blasted out of it and got stuck in the wall on the other side of the room. Cool. So entire explosion. Yeah. The barn outside the farmhouse, decimated. Completely fried. Gone. Vaporized. All the chickens, fried. Guess what they have for supper that night, you know? Yeah. Fried chicken. Decimated chicken. Decimated chicken. <laughs> Blackened, decimated yeah. fried chicken. Nice. <laughs> New KFC special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the power lines connecting to the house, they had also all been zapped so much that the rubber on them had melted. Mm. So I don't know anything about those lines, like how much that temperature has to be. But to give people an idea, maybe someone's like, oh, that has to be this much temperature. That's what it was to melt the lines. Outside the house, I've heard mixed reports how many holes they found. Is either two or three or four holes, several feet wide, four or five feet wide on the property. Something had struck the ground and they said there was they were they were like deep like like rabbit tunnels rabbit holes right into the ground so this bell island boom was heard all across the island and even across onto like the main land of even in labrador and it very quickly got the attention of the authorities uh within days uh the canadian military was there the american military was there and the russian military was there all three were like what happened here well why is the russians there well Soviet russians but it could be they maybe they thought it was a thing that the russians did and the Russians thought maybe it was a thing the Americans did. Yeah, but why would they, like, it? Like, isn't that funny? I was like, oh, Canada, well, we're right there. That's why we heard it. And then America's like, oh, yeah, we were kind of nearby. That's why we heard it. And the Russians like, we were in the ocean spying on you. <laughs> <laughs> and we heard it. There's also some agents from Los Alamos there hmm. in your typical black suits, black ties. Men in black. Men in black, right. So, of course, aliens. And again, the time period we're talking about, 1977, 78, Star Wars had just come out. Hmm. So that was on everybody's mind. In right? a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. So these uh, men in black from Los Alamos inv- investigated, they checked out the scene. Um, they asked a lot of odd questions, but of course no one says what the questions were. And uh, they seemed to be not too surprised by what they were looking at. But the military were confused. They didn't know what this was. At least they seemed confused. Yeah. So a few months in- later, they announced what they think it was, and they called it a super bolt a extremely powerful bolt of lightning that struck the ground. Hmm. But the problem with this theory of it being a super bolt of lightning is that it was a sunny day, hmm. right? You, need, you usually need a storm to cause these bolts of lightning. I have heard of that happening, though. Like, I remember I watched a video of this kid. He was walking to school, and it was snowing. Mm-hmm. And there was a freak lightning strike that struck him. Wow. 
and it was like it was it was winter, mm-hmm. and it never like it, it was called what is it called White Flash or something like that, yeah, like yeah, some kind of thing, and it happened. So I think yeah, rare, but. I don't know. Like, all it is is there's electricity in the atmosphere and it discharges into the ground, right? There was a a metallic taste in the air afterwards. Crazy. So I'm thinking, yeah, like, I think it sounds like there's some kind of, like, like magnet or, like, I'm trying to think when there's, you know, when you go outside during a thunderstorm, after a thunderstorm, you can, can like, feel it in the air? Yeah. Yeah. Just like that kind of thing. Mm. It could also be um, radiation. Yeah. That is right. That is right. That's right. They do say that it's a metallic taste in the mouth from radiation, right? One theory came out, of course, it was aliens, right? Yeah. Because the timeline makes sense. It's some kind of atmospheric anomaly. Sounds good, right? That's a good... It was aliens. But, of course, then you have to admit to the fact that aliens exist, and that's a whole other kind of worms. Uh, the other one is that it's a super bolt, just a random freak bolt of lightning, possibly at that island because of the ore in it. Right. Right? They say these super bolts happen a lot in the ocean, but this time, you know, it's near the ocean. It could have just been drawn to the... Um, Metal. Yeah, exactly. The more common theory that people are, assume, but the military doesn't accept, is that this was a weapons test mm. by the United yeah. States government. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, radiation in the air. The United States used weather manipulation weapons uh, in Cambodia, Laos, and North northern Vietnam in those different com- wars. Yeah. And in 1977, a treaty was signed. So the year before uh, this happened, there was a treaty signed kind of banning weather-manipulating weapons. Right. Uh, so the idea was that they were maybe testing it, not as a weapon, but maybe just as like a... They were testing nukes all the time then too, right? Yeah. So the idea was they had some kind of thing that would fire at the ion sphere and then bounce down. Oh. And that was what's causing the skyquakes. Was this anything hitting the sphere? the atmosphere coming down at the same time or shortly after they were working on harp which was up in alaska to work on do things in the atmosphere it was supposed to be they call like a shield over north america so it was supposed to be something like that so the idea was this was some kind of either weapon or defense system they're sending these beams up into the sky and then bouncing them down and that there was a miscalculation or they didn't anticipate this island being so magnetic and it hit the island instead now the one of the reasons why this is a leading theory is because after the Bell Island boom, there wasn't a lot more of these. There was one, two years later, recorded by the satellites in Antarctica. Hmm. So far away from anybody, far away from any witnesses, any kind of technology. So they were testing it down there instead. So that's the theory, is that it was a weapons test. It's also the idea that they were using some kind of uh, cloud seeding technology that they, they did in other uh, combats because there was of that taste in the air. Right. But uh, there wasn't any clouds. So that kind of defeats the whole idea that they have to have clouds. So maybe it was something else in the air that wasn't forming full clouds, but enough to cause a, a strike of lightning. Oh, what did I... Did I miss anything else? One of the witnesses there named Ed Bennett, uh, he was in his house, not that far from the property where it struck, when, when this Bell Island boom occurred. And he had the same thing. He had uh, fire electricity burst off his outlets and he also had he claims his old grandfather clock which just was not hooked up to anything just staying there it also chimed by itself so the electromagnetic force was so much it caused the clock to turn on okay kind of thing uh but the people who were in the area they who saw it or something of that sort said it came at a 45 degree angle yeah and hit the ground and that there was ball lightning around it so that's the idea is that it came not straight down from the sky but at an angle mm. with 
electricity kind of zapping away from it. Cool. So they don't know what it was. Later, there was another um, kind of thing like that in um, Newfoundland and Labrador, but it was just like a stone arch collapsing, but it made enough noise that they thought it was a second Bell Island boom, and they all freaked out, but it was not. It was just a natural arch collapsing by the ocean. Huh. Uh, so this was an isolated incident, the largest electronic anomaly in Canadian history. Three governments were involved, and no explanation was provided except uh, Superbolt. Right. So not much to go on because it's not much out there. What do you think happened? Well, you know, I don't really know much about anything, but it, it's possible. Like, all three are okay, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. especially with all the more and more information that we keep on getting fed about aliens recently. Yep. yep. <laughs> but d- definitely the weapons test wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. Yep. Like, that seems actually most plausible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, super thunderbolt, sure, whatever. Super volcanoes, super earthquakes, super man, you know. Yep. Lots of supers out there. Why not be a thunderbolt? Yep. For a thunderbolt to be super thunderbolt, I just don't see how. Well, maybe, it, maybe not, because for a super thunderbolt, it would have to resist being uh, discharged for so long so it can build up. Or maybe I don't understand it, mm-hmm. but you'd think it would have to resist and resist. But what's causing it to resist until it? That's maybe that's the anomaly. You're right. Or a, a reason for the lightning not to be discharged. Or if it's like, because I think what caused the lightning is a connection between the ground and the sky. Right. Or mm. two points in the sky. So it's over the ocean, over the ocean, over the ocean yeah. island. And there could have been something like the material from the island could have just been the air. Maybe right. a mining thing had happened and some particles were in the air. Maybe cloud seeding. Who knows what? Could have been some stuff from the ocean, right? Yeah. Uh, and just caused the air around the island, around that spot to be more conductive mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. Could have been maybe two things happening. Yeah. This caused this. I'd say seventy percent weapon, twenty percent, twenty-five percent super bolt, five percent aliens. That's in my head. I if I understood more of what the United States's weapon was, because like you think, hey, if they make this weapon that they can use to bounce off the atmosphere and charge, cause these super powerful bolts of lightning, why haven't we seen it? Hmm. <laughs> like it's been fifty years. Are they still using this thing? Like hmm. it just seems like a weapon they had that was obviously effective or a defensive weapon that they had that they never used. Hmm. Um, there was lots of weapons though they didn't use. Yeah. Like there's the bat bomb. You ever see the bat bomb? Isn't that when they put the bat the bombs on the on bats? yeah they put the napalm on the bats yeah. and they were gonna release it in Japan because they had all the flammable homes and right. they would fly into the homes and then that's right like they had crazy stuff they that's were true. doing that's true crazier stuff <laughs> the, the weapons test I could see it um and I could see it being a, a kept secret by the government like oh we don't want to talk about it. we'll just say it's a natural phenomenon mm-hmm. put under the rug. And I could see Russia being involved then. Like, what are you Americans doing? And right. maybe that's why they scrapped it, because mm-hmm. all the Russians figured it out. Yeah. Oh, right? we, we can't practice. We can't keep on doing this anymore. Yeah. Like, oh, now they know our defensive. we got to find new things. So maybe I could see it. Um, the aliens, I think that's just like a, a throwaway idea, because the timeline with Star Wars was out there. It was an anomaly kind of from space. To say, say it was aliens, no. The thing, okay, the Falcon Lake thing, where there's a UFO and the guy got burned by it. Right. That was alien. Like you could say that was aliens, right? We got Granger Taylor who saw the U- who talked to the UFOs, talked to the aliens. That was pretty alieny. 
Yeah. Um, this one, you just have a bolt of lightning. You don't yeah. have little green people. You don't have any witness reports. You just have these. You have an unexplained thing that doesn't have like any flavors of aliens. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm maybe 5%. I would even say not aliens at all. Hmm. Um, Superbolt, I think that's just a cover-up story. I'm leaning towards the weapons test, but yeah. even then I'm kind of like, I don't know if that could be it. I'm not sold on it, but that's probably the of the three, that's the most likely one. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to think, unless there's just something we're not even thinking. Like flying electric bears with laser beams. Okay, um, are we going to do this seriously, <laughs> or are we going to make a mockery of this every time we film? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. But you're right, it could be. Could be. Bears with lasers. Could be bears that eat iron and become highly conductive, um, creating a super uh, bear bolt. We could we could take it and say it could be something to do with the 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 hag witch in the in the bog or yeah fairies. But maybe it's the same witch that turned into the goose <laughs> and that lived next to those poor poor people in the demon story. Which you know you'd have to check out at the patreon if you wanted to know what i'm talking about mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. so those are the theories i think we both kind of decided probably the weapons test yeah that's the most likely i would think yeah but. you know when we did the granger taylor story we had assumed he'd come back this year yeah he didn't come back mm. so i'm thinking he got his calendar wrong like i said it's probably like a different they, they have a different sense of time yeah like further away you get the his time's different than ours. It's true. It's true. Well, actually, when I was doing this, this story, I was like, oh, maybe there's a connection between Granger Taylor and this because of, like... Mm -hmm. But no, this happened before he disappeared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This happened since he disappeared in eighty, so there's no connection. What if he disappeared at the exact same day? See, I was thinking, oh, maybe there's something, right? Like, that'd be super <laughs> cool. Or if it was, like, you know, he disappeared and then the bolt of lightning came from the sky, like, a year later. But no, doesn't doesn't make or sense. Or he got eaten by a bear, Kenton. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to this short but rather interesting episode. I dug it. I dug it. It was a different one. It was a fun one. I liked it. Not as uh, serious as the disappearances of people or horrible murders or that kind of thing, but yeah, a mystery. As always, uh, my name is Kenton DeYoung. And this is my co-host, Dylan Fairman. This has been Unsolved Canadian Mysteries. <laughs>